Today on Locked On Canadians, is the Carey Price era over in Montreal, plus uh, a major-ish trade? The Canadians have been making moves, and we've got some news. All of that's coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 674 of Locked On Canadians. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts every day or in the off-season every other day, and we're available on YouTube as well, and we're really lucky because... We have some great sponsors that enable this to happen, so we'd like to thank Bet Online for today's episode. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts, and today we are going to talk about potentially a game ending, and that's coming up a little bit later in the show. But first, obviously, the major news is the Montreal Canadiens have traded for Sean Monahan from the Calgary Flames and conditional. First round pick. Now we're going to get into the conditions in the second segment because it's quite complicated. But on the face <laughs> of it, the Montreal, <laughs> it is, it's quite complicated. Um, and a big programming note we had a lot of mailbag questions, a lot today, uh, but we are going to switch them uh, to next week. We're going to do it in the middle of the week, the Wednesday episode. So all of your mailbag questions, just hold on to them. We will be doing a mailbag episode on Wednesday. The reason is on Monday, Scott has something extremely special planned because I am off on Monday. My sister is getting married. So I'm having, you know, the weekend to myself or to my family, as it were. Um, so please uh, tune in on Wednesday for the mailbag episode and tune in on Monday for Scott's uh, extravagant surprise that do, I'm not going to Do not bite or hype up the expectations here because I haven't finished working on everything for this yet. And because of this Monaghan trade, I've had to push off working on those a little bit to at some point this weekend, but it is prospect related. It will be a good time. You can yell at me, maybe not meanly, but in the comments, if you want to disagree or do your own rankings or something like this, but you will see what we have when we get there. But the Habs Habs did a thing and we waited six hours for it. The reason we waited six hours was because the conditions attached to that first round pick are about 700 pages long. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Here's a couple of things on the surface of this is the Canadians have essentially taken on salary cap from a team that needed to shed it in exchange for a first round pick. That's the bulk of this transaction. There's future considerations. We all know that future considerations never materializes into anything. You're essentially trading Sean Monaghan and a first round pick for nothing. Like literally the Flames got nothing. They got cap space. They're obviously signing Nazem Kadri, which is, I'm not going to, I'm going to say it's not a huge surprise to me. A lot of people were talking about how Lou Lamarone probably hasn't signed and just isn't revealing it because he is the type of person to do things like that. But at the same time, Nazem Kadri in Calgary makes sense, especially since they were able to get Huberto um, and and Wegar like you know a couple of weeks ago. It is now the Flames are still going to try to compete. They're still going to try and contend. Sean Monahan is a 
promising player who has fallen off a steep cliff or was a promising player that fell off a steep cliff. And uh, I think one of the questions that people are going to ask is, are his injury troubles going to be resolved before long in Montreal? I've heard some things about him not being back until November. I've heard some things being like about his career's over, essentially. Uh, from what I understand is Kent Hughes expects him to be ready by November. So he's starting the season on injured reserve and will likely need to skate and get back. So there is time. There is not an immediate rush for the Canadians to get all their cap things in order here. And we will touch on why they're able to do this in the first place. Admittedly, the injuries are a bit concerning. Uh, going back to 2017, he had a surgery on two herniated discs, a groin surgery, two wrist surgeries in separate years. He had a hip surgery on his left hip and then his right hip in the last two years where he was struggling to walk or do anything, which one, why was he allowed to get to that point? And I look at Sean Monaghan in this way is that for the Canadians, if he's good, he's just more assets in the future. And if he's bad, who cares? The Habs are not trying to compete this year anyways. I think he'll bounce back a little bit. I don't think he's ever going to be the 34 goal guy that he was in Calgary. I don't think he's going to get those same line mates in Montreal. And I quite frankly, don't think he's earned them. And Montreal's wings aren't quite what Calgary's were at their peak. They do not have a Matthew Kachuk. They do not have a Michael Backlund or an Andrew Mangiapane. They do have some talented pieces, but, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what the future lies with the picks and everything here. I, I don't see Sean Monaghan being like this amazing thing. And if here's the thing is if he is, Kent Hughes looks like a genius because he got him for literally nothing. Future considerations, which as Justin in the Eyes on the Prize Slack pointed out, they could just count Michael McNiven, who they traded for future considerations at the deadline, as that and just make this all one big trade and be done with it. An AHO goalie would have gotten them a first-round pick and Sean Monaghan. Even if Monaghan scores, you know, 10 goals this year, you, you paid nothing for him in a year you're not competing. I hope he's able to get back. He's only 27, and it feels like he's been around forever in this league. And you don't want to see a guy fall off because his hips literally exploded and he couldn't walk and couldn't skate and couldn't take face-offs. I, I'm working on the analysis right now for Eyes on the Prize with this. I think he's a candidate to be a useful bottom six piece. And Hughes said he's not totally against keeping him here, but I do think that the whole plan is you got one first-round pick for him. Can you boost that value enough and get something else for him at the trade deadline next year? Basically, he's going he's gonna to flip and then flip him again. And that's now three first-round picks that Kent Hughes has acquired in very short order uh, for the Canadians, not counting the one that he traded for Kirby Doc. Obviously, that's... A little bit different, but I guess still counts. So it's four then, I guess. Sherrod, no. Regardless, it, it's a really good bit of business by Kent Hughes. It's just, uh, and we'll get to this in the third segment, it's kind of sad the reason why he was able to make this happen. I think, yeah, that's the thing is that it's it's part, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Montreal side of it, but the Sean Monaghan side of it for me is just, I hope that he's able to just get back to being a competent player on the ice. Like his injury luck has been so unfortunate, but I do remember him being a, a, a highly touted prospect 
and a player that I would have liked on this team. Not necessarily, you're not talking about an elite superstar, but you're talking about somebody who would have been a quite useful player. Uh, in the meantime, we do kind of have to talk a little bit about the other part of the return, which I think is the real prize, and that is the first rounder. Also, how are they going to fit Sean Monahan and Adonov under the cap right now? It's a little bit of a mess, and I know we're going to talk about some LTIR Tetris, and that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, I want to remind everybody about our sponsor, BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of Every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the action that's happening there right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Scott, so let's talk real quick about this. Well, I, I can't say let's talk real quick about this conditional pick because there's a lot of conditions attached. Somebody likened it to a Bible. Somebody said that even when they were writing programming language, there weren't that many what-if statements in in, 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 in that uh I, I likened it to just, you know, somebody had to transcribe 500 pages. Um, there's the Charlie Day meme that uh, <laughs> I was not the only one to post. It's just a whole bunch. So can I give you the condensed version from the wonderful folks at Cap Friendly who are far smarter than I will ever hope to be at anything Cap and CBA related? Go ahead. This is their version too. You can find this on their Twitter quote tweeted over the initial conditions that were released. Condition number one, if Calgary's 2024 first-round pick is between 20 and 32, Montreal has the option up until 48 hours before the NHL draft to take that pick. Scenario, in the event that Calgary receives Florida's 2025 first-round pick, if both Calgary and Florida's picks are not top 10, Montreal will receive the better of the two picks in that first round of 2025. If Calgary's pick is top 10 and Florida's pick is not top 10, Montreal will receive Florida's pick instead in 2025. Scenario, in the event Calgary does not receive Florida's first round pick and the sub-scenario being Calgary's pick is not top 10, Montreal will receive the Calgary pick. And if Florida's pick is not top 10, is a better pick than Calgary's and was transferred to another team due to prior conditions, Montreal will receive Calgary's 2024 fourth round pick. There is one more sub scenario here. I am. If anyone wants to Photoshop me into the Charlie Day meme reading this, feel free. The last scenario is this sub scenario. Calgary's pick is top 10. If Calgary's pick is first overall in 2025, Montreal will receive Calgary's 2025 third round pick and the better of Calgary and Florida's 2026 first round pick. And two, if Calgary's pick is second to 10th, Montreal will receive Calgary's 2025 first round pick. Basically, the Habs have the ability to potentially draft an actual child based on these picks going all the way to 2026 because Brad (laughs) Living did not want to give up his 2023 first 
given the strength of the draft class this year, or at least that's what we're hearing so far. And I got to say, based on the age of Calgary's core right now, they are talented, but you look at Huberto, you look at Backlund, you look at Jacob Markstrom, you look at a lot of these guys here, they have a very narrow window before their aging curve starts to really get bad. And having that first round pick in 2025 is right about when that fall off might happen. And it could be Florida too, which we know Florida is who knows what. Kent Hughes took a risk here. And I know a lot of people want to see another 2023 first round pick us as well. This is a really smart move to bet on teams with an aging curve falling off eventually here. Cause they have aging cores right now in place. I got to say, it's a lot of conditions. It's like reading a Game of Thrones novel, but it's a really smart bit of business from Ken Hughes. And no wonder they tweeted the, the you know, Chris Johnson, Eric Engels were like, Montreal is acquiring Sean Monaghan. And then we waited, what? It was it, like six hours. It was legitimately six hours because it probably took six hours to actually go through this with the registry with them going, hold on, hold on, hold on. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so if this plus this... I hated math, and this just brought me so many traumatizing memories of doing logic equations in math class. But at the end of the day, I like it. I like it a lot uh, for Montreal. They got a first-round pick for literally nothing. You you can't beat that when you're a team that's rebuilding. You gave up nothing at most an AHL goalie, and you got a first-round pick and an NHL body. Remember, Shea Weber got an actual player. And Montreal managed to get a first for a guy who will play as well for nothing. It's a really, really smart bit of business from Kent Hughes, who clearly understands how this whole side works. And I am sorry for monopolizing like this entire segment so far. So one of our listeners and online friend, Emma Lilly, said, you couldn't pay me to read that entire thing. (laughs) And I was like, well... Scott and I get paid to read this and I still don't want to do it. So... I was elected to lead, not to read. <laughs> well, you did both right now. You led the segment and you read the conditions. I honestly, it took me a while to wrap my head around this, but essentially what is going on is Calgary is protecting is protecting a potential first overall pick, right? If in the future they bottom out in such a way that they might get the first overall, they're protecting that. But other than that, essentially Montreal can't get better than the 10, uh, than a top 10 pick, but the best available after that. So there's going to be a lot of things that, that, play out here uh i just i'm laughing at the fact that like somebody did this right like like two gms sat down and they like hashed this out like they were like and like i wonder if it was a negotiation or if it was just like that sounds good get that down get that down right like imagine what their text chain must look like right now (laughs) like it it's got to be a nightmare right like it's just between the two of them that it's just kind of like that person that sends a bunch of short texts instead of one long paragraph but i think they both go both (laughs) i'm not that was not a call out for what it's worth but i'm imagining that it's like no 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 so we do this but this and we do this but you did this so this and i i hope both both gms involved in this had a very nice glass of wine afterwards and like took a deep breath and like took a bubble bath or something because this had to be exhausting on both (laughs) sides to get this done honestly. honestly i just like who even thought of that like the person who's going to get picked by this pick 
is probably not even born yet at this point. <laughs> um, and I like, I, I want to know, was Jeff Gordon sitting there like reading this, reading over this? Was he just kind of like, I can't deal with this. And then he went and like, you know, Kent, Kent on- read this, Kent, read this. <laughs> I don't want to read this. Kent, you read this. You're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just it, it's so funny well the thing is like like Kent Hughes is a formal like he studied as a lawyer right like he became a, an agent but he studied so like there's got to be all kinds of language like this in his background it's just that we're not used to it in the NHL this is not something that we see often I just think it's entertaining like at this point even if the pick doesn't pan out but it is a first rounder so obviously we do know that there's a high likelihood that if the Canadians develop whoever they pick well and if things go well they will end up with an NHL body you know in like 20 years from now um in in in, let's say eight years uh, (laughs) five to eight years um you know i i just i find that it's like a tidy bit of business but now my question is right now like sean monahan's contract isn't great um and the canadians are kind of still not necessarily cap compliant Um, oh they're not in they're not at all right now they are 6.1 million dollars over the cap right now trust me i looked there's a lot of red (laughs) numbers that are very angry on cap friendly right now exactly so you are allowed 10 percent overage uh before the season starts and then there's all kinds of ltir considerations sean monahan himself will be on ltir to start the season so there's a lot of math at play, but one of the things that we learned today uh, is going to have a huge effect going forward, and it is that Kent Hughes has announced that the news about Carey Price is discouraging. So we're going to talk about that, and we're probably going to be doing a little bit of crying, and all that's coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. All right, so... This is something that was not unexpected. Uh, It's not confirmed that it is the end of his career just yet. But the signs are pointing to Carey Price being done. Not just necessarily this season, potentially for good. And that is really hard. I know there are a lot of people, you know, we have been hearing a lot from listeners, fellow fans, lots of conversations about how this would be good for the Canadians because they can move on from Carey Price. He won't be uh, an anchor on their cap and all of that. But I just think that it's too soon for me. I It's too soon for me to say goodbye to Carey Price in a Habs uniform. And so let's just like say what the exact news was, is that Kent Hughes announced that the news about Carey Price was not encouraging and he did not see him starting the season in Montreal and said that there is a possibility that he won't play this season at all. So reading between the lines, that to me is Carey Price is done. There is a caveat to that, which I think is important because initially it looked like he's not going to play at all. They don't anticipate him being able to play just through rehabbing his knee and doing the injection shots that he's the platelet shots that he's been doing. If Carey Price wants to play again, he very likely needs major, major knee surgery, which we don't know how long that will put him out for at least all of this season and potentially even more. And for someone like Carey Price, that has to be the most frustrating thing. You just want to go out there and play. And at the same time, this is I it it it's the biggest monkey's paw ever. Is that 
The Canadians will finally have cap space to sign Kirby Doc, Caden Primo, get under the cap and everything. But your franchise icon goaltender is now likely done for his career, barring miraculous recovery or, or you know, a miraculous uh, rebound after surgery. And at his age, I don't see it happening. And my biggest thing with all this is what in the hell was he playing through in that playoff run? that he played so well and he had this clearly debilitating injury. Same with Shea Weber that we talk about last dance and everything a lot in the sport of hockey. This was actually legitimately a last dance for Carey Price and Shea Weber. And it just didn't happen. And for Price to go out the way that he has, I don't think he ever, he said himself, he wanted to go be able, play as long as he was still capable of playing good hockey. And clearly he's not at that point. I'm glad he got to go out on a win that 10, one win over the Panthers, but it just feels like so sudden. And like, we've been preparing for, for how many years at this point that it's finally here. And neither of us really know how to process it. It doesn't feel real for the Canadians to not have carry price, even just waiting in the shadows to return at some point. It, it feels like, you know, part of the house is missing. Like they just tore down one of the walls at this point. So uh, it's sad. And obviously Carey Price will speak to the media at some point. I'm sure he's got to come for his physical before camp. We will learn more as, you know, the season approaches. But for right now, for all the joy we had over the Sean Monahan trade and getting the first round pick and everything else that Ken Hughes has done so well, this feels like a gut punch through no fault of Hughes' own or Price's own. It, it, it's just, it's a tough pill yet. You weren't that. I don't think anyone is actually truly ready for as much as we've said we have been. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that like, I've, you know, I I'm on the record. I'm a huge fan of Carey price. Right. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's time to move on cap hit, blah, blah, blah. Anchor contract. He's old. All of that. I am not ready. Uh, as a fan. I just, I love Carey price. And so for me to not see him in a Montreal uniform is going to be really tough. And I think what's going to be really, really tough is at the end, if the NHL does the same thing with Carey Price that they do with Shea Weber and not really allow him the chance to kind of go away in peace and make him jump through hoops, eventually Montreal is going to trade Carey Price's cap hit to another team, and he's not going to end his career in Montreal, and that's going to break my heart as well. I just think that, you know, I'm until he calls it on his own career, I'm going to hold out hope. And that's another programming note. Uh, we do have somebody that has a little bit of medical knowledge. Obviously, not particulars of Carey Price's case. He's not Carey Price's doctor. We have to caution that. But we do have somebody that we're going to be inviting on the show to ask questions like this, uh, too. Um, you know, what is a platelet injection, for example? You know, that that's something that I, I know a lot of listeners want to know about. And that's going to be at some point in the offseason. Uh, you know, I just uh, wanted to let our listeners know so you can send questions like that. You know, uh, general questions, not specific questions, but general questions about topics that make you curious. Like, can somebody grow two inches, you know, <laughs> at the age of 18, 19? That's a question. Um, or what is a platelet injection or things like that, right? Like generalized questions about things to do with hockey, please send them our way. You can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com, send them on Twitter, uh, post them on the YouTube. Speaking of questions, our mailbag is obviously next week. It's going to be the Wednesday episode. So please, if you sent a question, don't worry, we're not neglecting it. Uh, we're not done talking about Carey Price though, Scott, what's going on? I was going to say, I have my own question that I want to ask you. Um, 
as we're before we wrap the show here is if Carey Price is well and truly done right now, like if he were to come out and say, I don't want to go through major surgery and recovery, I will be retiring, etc. How soon do you think they would put his number in the rafters or would they put his number in the rafters at all? I think the new Canadians would. I think up until maybe a few years ago, it would be like, well, he hasn't won a Stanley Cup. Then no. But I think the new Canadians recognize how hard it is to win Stanley Cups in this NHL and just how significant Carey Price's career has been. Um, how he, I wouldn't say he completely transformed the game, but he definitely was somebody who brought new ways of approaching goaltending and that's something that I think is important uh you know just the service that he gave to Montreal even when people were booing him in the preseason uh, that to me deserves a number in the rafters I think that he has a hall of fame career like he's like that that's my opinion of him and I, I think I think well, obviously there's hall of fame eligibility but if Carey Price does call it quits I think they'll wait a little bit it'll be like maybe five years after he's done. I know there's a waiting period that they waive only in very specific circumstances. I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is. And I don't want to look it up right now because I'm lazy and I have Sean Monahan, Sean Monahan's uh, live. He's actually speaking right now uh, on zoom on the Canadians Twitter account, but I've, it's so hard. And we've talked so often about, you cannot compare current players to the old guard of the Canadians. And I'm almost wondering there's no doubt that Carey Price's number will go in the ring of honor. That I have absolutely no doubt in. My question is whether or not they will put 31 in the rafters. And Oh, then it'll be like that one will be when he's much, much past retired. But I thought like we're talking about like a Saku style. Oh, like immediately. I think if he were to retire that bought within two to three years, his numbers, at least in the ring of honor, like Saku's okay, yeah. was. So I, I, I said, like, that's what I meant. Like, um, like not like retiring the Jersey number, but like doing the honor Honoring, like they did yeah. for Saku. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant. I also wonder if anyone would ever dare to wear 31 in Montreal again, retired or not. That's like, I know Caden Primo wears it with the rocket, but that's like, <laughs> It's one of those things that it's like, I don't know. No one's worn 76 in Montreal since PK left. There's no reason not to. His number's not retired. His number's not honored. Brendan Gallagher still gets to wear 11. They, I mean, they didn't let Scott Gomez wear it. Or, but that's getting off the point here is when that day truly well comes and let's say Ken Hughes is still the GM and he goes, you know what we're doing? We're having on the, you know, on 3-1, March 1st, we were playing a game and we were retiring number 31 into the rafters. Yes or no? Do you oh, think it'll happen? <laughs> I don't think it'll happen while we're still young, to be honest. I think, you know, like, because it, like, it's different when you're retiring a jersey number and when you're honoring a player. But you do think it will happen at some point. Yes, I think that Carey Price's number will be in the rafters. But we're talking that, so Hall of Fame as soon as he's eligible. That he's he's probably going to be first or second ballot. I don't think it's going to take too long. Um, but for honoring as well, I thought they might wait five years. Just kind of, I'm trying to think back as to Saku, but I forgot he went and played in Anaheim for a while. We don't uh, talk about that. We 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 don't talk about Saku. It, it didn't happen. That's why I forgot about it. Um, and then <laughs> uh, and then so yeah. So like I, I was going to say five years, but you're right. It's probably going to be two to three years before they they honor him and then like in the rafters it'll probably be when he's like a little little dude yes so we are in agreement we will see a carry price number in the rafters we will shed many 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 tears for the many 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 years that we saw him 
Um, I, that was all I had. I didn't mean to cut you off when you were oh, doing no, no. Uh, what you were doing before. So um, I'm just trying to think of my favorite Carey Price moment in a Habs uniform, and I have to say it might be when they made the final two seasons ago, and he looked up at his family, and then he like did that like he had his head in in his hands like not just believing kind of- it. Just yeah, put his hands up. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, he couldn't believe it. That I think might be my favorite Carey Price moment it, as as a Montreal Canadian. Obviously, gold medals and all of that. I I think that might be it. Like that playoff run was Carey Price doing. He turned the clock back. I don't mean to you know use cliches all the time, but he turned the clock back in that. And it maybe was there so... was a deal with the devil or something, and this is the price for it. There absolutely was between Bergevin, Weber, Price. And other people on that team, like ha- a good chunk of that team is not here anymore. Like Toffoli's gone, Lekkinen's gone, Danoa's gone, Weber's gone, Petrie's gone, Price is likely gone. It's Corey Perry's eating garbage in Tampa. I was going to say Corey Perry's gone, Eric Stahl's gone. Like just what a, what a difference, like. 18 months truly makes on that and at some point there's going to be something about that team written or directed or whatever but i gotta say that playoff run is probably the most fun i've had watching carrie price and then of course just as always him just running over chris Kreider behind the net and the stare down afterwards if you just ran into him it's one thing but it's the stare down afterwards that is so just quite for lack of a better term it's hot like <laughs> it is and i don't care it, it was phenomenal and if that if that last game that 10-1 win was it for carrie price he went out on a win at least but man not how i think any habs fan envisioned this happening honestly absolutely not and so that ends our cry fest over carrie price obviously things might change maybe there is a miraculous surgery you can do um or maybe this platelet stuff is gonna work i don't know um (laughs) we don't even know what it is really uh so we will keep following that in the meantime Next week, we'll be back on Monday. Scott has a special prospect-related episode for all of you. Uh, On Wednesday, we will do the mailbag that we were supposed to do today. And then on Friday, well, we might still have mailbag questions. So if not, we'll have a special guest. We'll figure it out next week. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Also, if you like us, please tell your friends. You know, share a link. We want people to know, uh, you know, to to know we're around. If you like us, maybe other people will as well. And we're so grateful to all the support you've given us so far. Don't forget to be nice to each other in the comments. We do not like people abusing each other in the comments, being mean to each other. You're free to disagree with us, with other people, have different opinions. Our last episode sparked a lot of different opinions. Just be nice. Just, Just don't be a jerk to anybody. And you can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com if you have guest suggestions, if you have questions, maybe for, for our medical professional that we're going to invite on soon. Um, and follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians, where I have been posting crying memes over Carrie Price. Uh, and you can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matlow. You'll find me at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. Scott, we'll talk to you on Monday.